Has the news got you down? Not with these funny guys. You're listening to Lighten Up with Steve Miller and Roya Mosinian. <laughs> shalom, shalom, everybody. Hey, guess what day it is? It's Tuesday, not Monday. But you know what? It's Lighten Up on Israel News Talk Radio. My name is Steve Miller. And today we have some uh, a special guest. Currently, right now, we will have... Tamar Yona, join me. Join me, and later we will have Yosef Kaner. Tamar, are you with me? I am with you. Yay! Whether the fans like it or oh, not. Oh, Tamar, <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, all right, so we're going to have a funny show today? No, we are not. Oh. Um, no, just kidding. Uh, yeah, so it's a little little strange. So uh, my, my, my host, Yosef, he's, he's working on a job. He can't come on the air for another couple minutes, 15 minutes or so. So um, you and I will will hold down the fort. Um, so uh, I hope that's okay with you. So I appreciate uh, you, you helping right. me out. So toda roba. All right. Everything going okay with Sarait, you? Sarait, sarait. Good. Um, so I wanted to share something with you real quickly. So. As everyone knows that I've been talking about, obviously, you know, I'm getting divorced or am divorced, whatever it is. It's not official yet or legal. But anyway, always got to look forward and beyond, right? You got a Kadima Kadima. You always got to go forward. So, of course, I'm already looking to get married. <laughs> Remarried. Again. And um, but, you know, someone told me and you can tell me if this is true or not. Uh, a, a rabbi friend of mine told me that, you know, it's very difficult if, if you want to get married by the rabbinate. In Israel, you know, you need proof that uh, you that you really are halachically Jewish. By Jewish and that's law, my yeah. re- what? That you're Jewish by Jewish law. People don't know the word halachically. Not everybody knows. Oh, I'm sorry. By Jewish law, which means that your mother has to be uh, Jewish. Uh, and of course, my mother is. But you know, when you, then they ask, well, what about your your grandmother and her mother? You know, they need to see the. You know, this rabbi friend of mine was telling me how you need to see the whole. You need to prove it. So anyway, I've, of course, me, because I'm so neurotic, I'm like, I'm not even divorced yet, and I'm already trying to prepare for my future wedding. <laughs> but I found out some amazing stuff that you will find fascinating tomorrow. Really? I, through a cousin of mine found or knew, knew where my great-grandmother uh, was buried. And I have, obviously, this is radio, I can't show it to you, but I'll send you the, I'll text you the picture. But it's got her Hebrew name on it and my grandfather, my great-grandfather, who I'm named after. My great-grandfather is named Avraham, who I'm named after. And um, so her name, uh, her name was Hana. And I have to, I will pull up the, uh, the picture real quick so I can read it from the, uh, from the Hebrew. But I just found it fascinating. You know, I met my great-grandmother once. She died in 1976. I was five years old. I really don't have much of a memory of her other than her squeezing my cheeks really hard. <laughs> <laughs> but her name is, uh, her name is uh, Hana Bat Ba'el. And uh, it's kind of an interesting name, Ba'el. It's... Uh, uh, Israeli friend of mine said that the name Ba'el is usually spelled with an olive, but this is spelled with a, a, a an ayin. So I don't know what kind of name that is. Well, that Bet could be ayin. because it was, if they Reish. wrote it in Yiddish, they, in Hebrew today, we don't use vowels, but it, but in Yiddish they do, and that ayin might be there as a vowel. So it could have, uh, could have been for that reason. Yeah, so it's bat, ayin, and then I think... 
I don't know, some letter I can't tell. I don't know if it looks like a dollar or a Raish. I don't know, an Alamed. Uh, I can't tell. But anyway, I have her tombstone here. And uh, Hannah Margolis, eight, she was born in 1893. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's a long time. And her husband, my great-grandfather, his name was Avraham Ben Moshe Yitzchak, Yitzchak which is Isaac. Um, and he was born in 1890. And you know what I found out, which was kind of cool? This is like right out of the Bible. So I found out that when they left Russia, they were already married. And but Russia, for some reason, I guess, wouldn't let married couples leave the country. So they they got out of Russia uh, as brother and sister. Hmm. They pretended. And, and so where, where does that where does that sound familiar? Where is that the from? Bible story of Abraham and That's Sarah right. and, and That's Yitzhak right. and Rivka? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? I just find it so fascinating. And now I just want to dive into like. Uh, you know, their history, who they were. And um, I know that um, she's buried in a, in a cemetery in, in Cleveland, Ohio. It's called uh, Zion Memorial Cemetery. It's an Orthodox Jewish cemetery. But anyway, here's the proof. So I'm good to go to get married in Israel. <laughs> All right. That's great. Now you just have to find a bride. That's, That's right. the easy That's, part, uh, right? That's the easy part. Proving that I'm Jewish was the hard part, but now I've <laughs> I've accomplished that. And um, you know, it's yeah. really it's not that hard to get married. What's hard is to stay married. Well, I I, I know that that's the truth. Um, but my great grandparents they had um, three children. Well, I just want to say here, I have to interrupt. I just want to say, unless you're married to my husband, because it's so easy to be married to him. He's the best. I I lucked out. So you should just be as happy oh. as I am, Stephen. I hope so. Okay. I hope so. Um, anyway, she had three uh, three three children. Mo- Moisha, Edith, and Edith is my grandmother, and then Bernie, <laughs> my uncle Bernie, who died about ten years ago or something. But anyway, yeah. So fascinating yeah. stuff. And uh, whatever, I just wanted to share because was, it was kind of cool to see like her gravestone and uh, to see her Hebrew name. Because my grandmother, I don't know if she, I'm sure she has a Hebrew name, but my mother doesn't know her name. She never talked about it. So, I, I, you know, I didn't know. And she's got no Hebrew writing on her, or her tombstone, my grandmother. So but anyway, it doesn't matter. My, my her mother does. And that's all that matters. All right. That's all it. Right. Do you have any stories? <laughs> Do I have any stories? I can start. Well, knowing that I like 30 seconds before the show that I was going to join you. No, I don't have any stories. Not yet. Okay. Oh, wait. Did you put, see who's listening? You didn't put up there. Oh, that's right. Nobody's uh, listening to this show. We we can say hello to our listeners. And uh, if you can find that, that'd be great. Hello to Israel, all over Israel, all over the state of Israel. Uh, Hello to Germany, Germany. to the United States, all over the United States, and Europe. Why does it just say Europe? Usually it tells us the countries like Germany, but uh, Europe it just says is the listening. country of Europe again? It says the country of Europe, yeah. With I the blue that. flag with the European Union on it. SARS. Hmm. Okay. So hi well, to everybody I... who's listening in. Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to the show. Uh, we hope you enjoy. We hope you think it's funny. I'm not sure if it will be. 
uh, we're, I'm really unprepared because I'm still in the, I'm still in, my mind is going crazy because, you know, I'm in the process of making Aliyah and I'm at the point now where I'm just waiting for my visa. It's out of my hands and in the Israeli consulate's hands, which uh, could be very scary. So hopefully I will get that visa some or get a confirmation that it's on its way this week and I can book the flight and book the actual date. Do you have any words of advice for me? <laughs> How long do you have? <laughs> As long as the show is going on for. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, so here's a story. Have you ever opened up your toilet and found a snake in it? Uh, no. So it says here, snake in a toilet. Slithering visitor to Arizona home camps out where homeowner least expects it. And they lifted up their toilet seat. This took place in Tucson, Arizona. And they came home to find a snake camped out in their toilet. You know what's funny? <laughs> I have that same story. <laughs> How did you find it so fast? I mean, who looks up? Did you just think snake in a toilet and then you Google that and this came up? Like, how did you find that story? I just put on strange stories and I thought, what would Stephen like to talk about? Toilets. Yeah. <laughs> You, thank God it says here, uh, they quote, thank God the lid was closed. First of all, thank God they didn't like get up in the bathroom and get up in the middle of the night and go to the bathroom. Can you imagine that? That is absolutely horrifying. How does a snake get into someone's toilet? I mean, I guess if they came into the house but and just slithered in there, why would, why would a snake go into a toilet where there's water? Uh, but I don't know. Snakes go where there's water. Um, so if you're here, when, when you come to Israel... You're going to yeah. find out that when you, you know, we have the, we don't have uh, private garbage pails that you put in front of your house and the garbage truck comes and takes them away. Most, mostly no. neighborhoods have a huge giant, it's called a frog because it's a huge green garbage can. It's very, very large, like the size oh, like of a dumpster, like a dumpster, like a dumpster, exactly a dumpster. Thank you. And the, the dumpster, they have like these little doors, like these little plastic doors that you, that you can open. You throw your stuff in and you close it because you don't want all the stink, you know, rotting garbage right. to come out. So in, in Israel, apparently once upon a time, there was a rat problem. This is what I hear, at least. You can all look it up and correct me if I'm wrong. And so they, they decided to solve that by putting cats out. And so there's a, there's like, there's a lot of homeless cats in Israel, like lots of strays. And they took care of the mouse and or rat problem. So we don't have rats anymore. Thank goodness. Very rarely you'll find one. But you will find a lot of cats which my husband likes to feed and give water to and, and feed him because he says that they have a hard life. And in any case, <laughs> but you have to be careful because sometimes those cats go into those big giant dumpsters and when you open up the door and you're about to throw your, toss your bag in, all of a sudden, it jumps right at you. And one guy got cut all over his face and he had to go in for a rabies shot. So you got to be careful. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that wonderful story. (laughs) And with that, the music is coming on. So we are going to go to a break. And Stephen promises to have more fun, interesting stories. It won't be boring like when I was on this segment with him. We're going to be right back, everybody. Right, Stephen? Yes. 
Has the news got you down? Not with these funny guys. You're listening to Lighten Up with Steve Miller and Roya Mosinian. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to Israel News Talk Radio. My name is Steve Miller. Currently, we have Tamar Yona with me, and soon we will have Yosef Kaner. Hopefully, I see him, but he's not doing anything. So who knows? So welcome back. Welcome back, Tamar. Yes. I did my homework during the break. Oh, okay, good. Well, here, I'm going to start off with something. So this is something interesting. Uh, You're familiar with Yeshiva University, right, in New York? Absolutely. So it says here, Yeshiva University launches a Jewish studies program for Christian students. This is very little disturbing. It says the uh, innovative, uh, the Yeshiva University draws from the increasing interest of Christians in understanding the Jewish origins of their faith. So they're basically having a whole uh, uh, studies program, I guess, for Christians uh, to study at Yeshiva University, to study Christianity uh, Christianity because uh, Christianity is based on Judaism. And uh, what do you think of that real quickly? Well, Yosef is here. He's joined us, and Yosef can tell us his opinion. Yosef is here. I got. Oh. I can say that I got in stuck house. in traffic, but that would be that would be a lie. Yosef, how are you? Thank God, I'm here. I'm eating some quinoa. Um, I just had a job that I had to finish, and I totally forgot. But the thing at YU is actually a very good idea, I think. Why? Because. The, the the mission of Jews is not only to be Jewish, but also to be a light unto the nations. One of the ways we do that is by teaching them the seven Noahide laws, the seven laws of Noah. So oh. if that's what they're doing, then it's a great idea. Interesting, interesting. It says here, Christian students will hopefully gain a deeper appreciation and understanding of the Hebraic roots of Christianity, which would be helpful to emerging religious and cultural leaders as well. Um and it says here, the president of yeshiva, uh, the yeshiva expresses his enthusiasm as America's premier Orthodox Jewish institution. He's all for this. And uh, so I guess uh, if there are any Christian women who are looking for a nice Jewish husband, they can go enroll in this program. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I, I don't know. I'm against it, but that's just me. That is not the opinion of Israel News Talk Radio. Just me. Obviously, my co-host, once again disagrees with me. So now you believe they should have this at Yeshiva and every area you love, Robert F. Kennedy. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, no, it's a good idea. Listen, if, if they're going to be teaching, you know, the Jewish roots of Christianity, that's a good thing. I mean, most Christians know that, I think, that, that, Jude, yeah. that their religion comes from, uh, comes from us. But yeah, yeah. Okay. They should, they'll also show them the life of Brian. That should be part of the curriculum. What's the life of Brian? Life of Brian is a parody. It's a, it's a documentary about the life of Jesus, um, done by Monty Python. It's really really it's really really funny. There's a guy named Brian. He's just a dude, but everybody starts following him, and they they see he's the Messiah, and he goes, "I'm not. I'm just a dude. Leave me alone." And they keep following him. Following. It's a really funny movie. And when it came out, there were protests by by priests, there were protests by ministers, and there were protests by some Jews also. But it's still a funny movie. Wow. You know what? I'm going to see if I can watch that on Netflix. That sounds like something I totally would watch. It's, it's, you'll, you'll like it. Oh, if you like Monty Python. Yes, I do. I like Monty Python. 
That's fine. Now, did you did you have did you do any research at all? Do you have any stories at all that you'd like to share? You might be surprised, but I actually do have a story. Hey, hi, oh, awesome. Yeah. Go ahead. This this is a story that my wife told me about. Um, all right, so a little background. If you live anywhere where there are Chabadnikim, where there are Lubavitch, you know, Hasidim, so one of the things that Lubavitchers do is try to get other Jews to put on tefillin. For right. listeners who don't know what that is, tefillin are leather boxes that have parchment uh, scrolls inside of them. They have leather straps. You put one on your arm, you put one on your head, you wrap them around your arms. Um, some people say that's, you know, how Jews are into leather. But so so they have <laughs> they have stands. They'll go out into a public area. And I think the first place they ever did it was Times Square. I think when it's when the Rebbe said to start doing it, when the Lubavitcher Rebbe said to start doing it. Anyway, so Lubavitchers will go out, usually younger guys, you know, in their late teens or mid-teens will go out with a table. They'll have to fill in. If, if it's in America, they'll, somebody's walking past, they'll say, excuse me, are you Jewish? And then if he says yes, then he said, have you put on tefillin today? And if not, then they take a couple of minutes, they put these on, they say a few words, a few holy words, and, and that's they're fine. So this also happens in Israel. Israel, like, like in other places, there are people that are very pro-Judaism, and then there are people who make fun of it or hate it or don't want to have anything to do with it. So a few weeks ago, there was in a, in a town called Nesziona, there was a, a stand of a couple of young guys putting tefillin on people. There was a Jewish guy who was so upset at the fact that these people were running up, putting on tefillin, he, he threw eggs at them, and then he just drove off or walked off. I don't know exactly what the details were. So, okay, you know, it's not a nice thing to do. It happens. You have people, for whatever reason, they have a, they have a thing about, about Judaism. But... He must have felt really bad about it because a couple of weeks, three weeks later, he comes back to these same guys who were there, you know, pretty much every day, and he apologized and he said, "I'm really sorry. I, I, I was I was an idiot. I don't know why I did it." And he asked if he could put on trillin, and he says to 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 make up for what he did, he's going to put on trillin regularly. So it's just a it's just a very wow. nice story. Just a very nice story. I thought you were going to say he came back and then um, uh, made an omelet for him. From all the eggs that he threw at them. That could be. In, in one of those stories where you can change the ending, that, that is one possibility. <laughs> what would you like in your omelet? <laughs> wow. So he really did tshuva. Yeah. That's, that's what tshuva is all about, man. Repentance. Uh, that, and there's a, there's a picture of the guy, and they're looking repentance. like best buds. You know, him, he's there with the Lubavitchers. You know? Oh, that's a great story. What a feel-good story on Lighten Up. Hi, yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway. Well, here, we're going to go from that uh, <laughs> to talking about um, uh, some terrorist groups. <laughs> it says here, we're going to talk about, I got a great story about Hezbollah. The guy who runs Hezbollah, Nasrallah, says Israel will cease to exist if war erupts as rhetoric escalates. Oh, I love these guys. They, oh, they've been saying this for how many years? Israel will cease to exist. And um, it says Hezbollah response to Israeli's uh, defense minister warning against Lebanon warnings against Lebanon during recent border tensions claims that IDF is in its worst shape in history that the IDF is weak Israel is weak because of the reform movement and all the leftists and it says here that Hezbollah leader Hassan Nasrallah on Monday continued his terror organization's war of words with Israel warning that if conflicts erupts 
the Jewish state will cease to exist. And meanwhile, before, I guess the minister of defense or something said that if uh, he even thinks about starting with Israel, that they'll send him back. They'll send uh, uh, Hezbollah back into the Stone Age. (laughs) (laughs) They're already pretty much in the Stone Age. Lebanon Lebanon is having a civil war pretty much now. Lebanon, I feel really bad because the people that live there, it's like they have terrorist groups on the left, terrorist groups on the right. This terrorist group doesn't like that terrorist group. They fight amongst each other right now. You have terrorist groups that are that have a war inside of Lebanon. The country used to be a, they call it they used to call it the Switzerland of the Middle East. Now it's right. like a demolished country because of these right. terrorists. Um, exactly. And what's interesting, it says here. So Nasrallah addressed Defense Minister Yoav Gallant's threat last week that Israel will return Lebanon to the Stone Age if there's a war. And then he says. Uh, then he comes back to them and says, you too will be returned back to the Stone Age, Nasrallah said. You too. Don't tell me I'll be in this. So they're basically going back and forth. You'll be in the Stone Age. No, you'll be in the Stone Age. No, you'll be in the Stone Age. <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be more in the Stone Age. And you'll be is... more in the Stone Age. You'll go back to where dinosaurs are coming from. And then, <laughs> and then, and then you have said, oh, yeah? Dinosaurs, I'll, I'll bomb you so much, you'll go back to creation. There won't be anybody. It'll just be... Just did nothing. <laughs> They're just going back and forth, threatening how far back each one can throw into the Stone Age, oh. which I thought was really funny. You know, Stephen, um, the last time I heard that, the Dead Sea was sick. <laughs> the Dead Sea was sick. Karampan. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm missing so. something. <laughs> That's what's going think, on. Think, with think, our think, think, Joseph. The Dead Sea. The Dead Sea was alive, but it was just sick, oh, and then it became. Oh, uh, oh my God. Here, can you chew any louder with your food? Uh, you know the microphone can pick up everything. Be happy he's not uh, eating potato chips. <laughs> it's not even potato chips. It's, it's uh, quinoa and, and some kind of vegetables, I'm not sure. But I, I will back away from the microphone to not frighten the audience. <laughs> You're like, yeah, that's a great story. Let me tell you yeah. something. The, the guy threw eggs at it's okay, Yosef, because when I used to do shows with Tovia Singer way back when, I used to like purposely like slurp my coffee really loud in the microphone and just go like like very coffee. much like steven crowder oh does that is that what he does steven crowder slurps his coffee that's how he starts oh, his I show every day. oh so i used to do that like maybe 15 years ago anyway okay. we are going to break in another minute and a half and i have a great story to share with you after the break in the meantime Take it away, Stephen, for the last forty-five seconds to a minute. For the last, for the last forty-five seconds. Yeah, yeah, you, you're the professional. You can be funny in sixty seconds. Yeah, that's true. I can be professional. Um, I did have a great story speaking at Tefillin. So the first time I put on Tefillin, it was exactly with uh, through Chabad when I started my whole repentance, my tshuva, returning to become more observant. I went into the Chabad place. And he said, eh, did you put on, I tell him my whole story and I'm crying. And he says, did you put on tefillin today? And I didn't know anything about tefillin. And I thought he meant gefilte fish. And I said, yes, I love tefillin. I eat it during the holidays all the time. <laughs> That's a true story. <laughs> and he, and he, he looked at me like I was insane. That's how oblivious I was to anything connected to Judaism. I thought tefillin and gefilte fish because the words kind of are a little similar. Yep, my my wife had a similar oh, story. We got it. We got to go to a break. Sorry, <laughs> we'll be we'll be right back, everybody.
Has the news got you down? Not with these funny guys. You're listening to Lighten Up with Steve Miller and Roya Mosinian. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to Lighten Up on Israel News Talk Radio. My name is Steve Miller with Yosef Kainer. We don't have Tamar with us anymore, so thank you, Tamar. How are you, Yosef? Howdy. How you doing? Good, good. Um... Or do we have Tamar? Did she say she was going to do a story or no? I guess not. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh, oh, you're still here. I thought you were gone. Okay, I, I could be gone Tamar. if you want. That's okay. No, go ahead. Tell your story. Go well, ahead. I just thought this was kind of, uh, it's not a funny story, but I think it's a funny story. It says here, this is from Arucheva. A terrorist house becomes a wedding hall. Ooh. Can you, you know, it's expensive to do weddings and all sorts of celebrations here. I just think it's interesting that it's a great theme, you know, get married at a terrorist house. It says here, the house of a terrorist that was not totally destroyed has been converted into an event hall. And it says here, a security prisoner got married on Monday at the home of the terrorist. I, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Muataz Al-Kawaja in <laughs> In Nilin, a house that IDF forces partially destroyed three months ago. And they decided to have a wedding there. And uh, there was a video of the celebration of the terrorist house where only the walls were were destroyed. And that was distributed all over the Arab networks. And so I just thought it was pretty That's fascinating where the Arabs funny, upset. kind of. The Jews it's are using funny, a, a modest house for, to get other Jews married. <laughs> were they upset? <laughs> I, I just think it's crazy. It's like, get, you know, like, let's have the theme. Get married in a terrorist house that was destroyed partially. I love that. I want to maybe I should have my future wedding there. What do you think? I want to get married in Arafat's house. Is that still standing? The Mukata? Mukata. Yeah. That's what a name. That's in Ramallah. You know what? That's in Ramallah. Ramallah. Oh, forget that. I'm not going to Ramallah. But I'll tell you this. Uh, that guy's name is the greatest terrorist name ever. If you're going to have a terrorist name, his name is 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 Reigns Terror. <laughs> I can't even – the way you pronounced it was really funny. These guys, <laughs> these crazy terrorists and their names. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, same well, good. times fast. Good. Where, where's, the, where's the house at in, 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 uh, in Israel? So obviously Jewish people can get married there or can Arabs too if they want to. It says no, it's, no, in it's, in, it's in an Arab village. No? Yeah. So Arabs are getting married. They're not Jews? No, they're yeah, not Jews. Right. They're... I, they wouldn't. The Jews Arabs. would not have a wedding there. Oh, okay. So Unless that's... they went in with tanks. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, they can, can have imagine? the bride riding in on a tank. That is awesome. Can you imagine two tanks, one bride, one groom, and then you have the rabbi in the middle. And then she and, can brandish uh, a machine and gun the... and start firing in the air. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's great. That's classic. Um, good stuff. Anyway, here's, a, here's a, something you'll love this. I don't know if you saw this. Um, I saw this article in Euro News because it's only in Europe that this stuff happens. It says uh, there's a woman who's in love with an artificial intelligence man. Woman creates and marries an AI-powered chatbot boyfriend. Did you hear this? About I, this, I saw, Joseph? I saw that yesterday, yeah. Her but name I, is... Ro go ahead. He's, he's really like a person, or this is a he's a hologram? That's what wasn't clear to I, me. Yeah, there's a picture of her with this guy, 
I don't know. It says uh, Rosanna Ramos says her relationship with her AI partner, his name is Aaron Cartal, is the best relationship she's ever been in. And it says uh, it's the perfect husband, the perfect relationship. Aaron doesn't have the hangups that other people would have, she told Euronews. She said, people come with baggage attitude, ego. I don't have to deal with his family. I don't have kids or his friends. I'm in control and I can do what I want. <coughs> Boy, this is why she has an artificial boyfriend because she sounds like she's an absolute lunatic. What real person would want to be with her? <laughs> well, she she did actually create him using an app, you know. So I know. So I guess she created a picture of him too. That's funny. Yeah, um, I think that that picture is is uh, you know CGI. But yeah, okay. Yeah. She she decided a, what she wanted. She couldn't find a real person, so she made herself a boyfriend. Right, so he's an AI, artificial intelligence generated chatbot. I don't know what chatbot means, but it's from a company that the name of the company that you can do this with is Replica. That's the name of the company. So if I can't find a wife, you know what? I'll just create an artificial intelligence Israeli woman to marry. <laughs> so let's look at what the, the upside is that she's got somebody to talk with because she has a chatbot, so he'll respond in the way that she wants the partner to respond. But if they go out on a date, she shouldn't expect him to pay. Exactly. <laughs> it says here, according to Ramos, the pair met online last year and claims to have officially tied the knot, with some outlets even reporting they are expecting a baby. <laughs> She's she's having a baby now. Oh my god! Only in 2023, right? I mean, it's this what it's world. Oh my god! She created a man through artificial intelligence, and now she's she's having a baby. Oh my god! Oh, you that know, is so it's, funny. It's like this is one step above those stories where a guy buys a three thousand dollar latex woman. Let's put it that way, and and schleps this large doll to restaurants and to, to parks. You know, takes right. her out of the trunk and puts her on a bench. You know, right. It's an interesting right. world we're in. Yeah, here's another story. I found this. Now, you do you ever do you uh, do you like to travel on an airplane? Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. This this was a woman who bought a flight, bought a ticket for a plane. She shows up in her seat, and there's a little girl uh, sitting in her seat by the window. And uh, she basically, it says here, a woman, the title is, a woman makes a little girl cry on the plane after telling her to move. <laughs> it says here, a solo traveler was looking forward to sitting in her booked window seat of a plane, but was surprised to see that a little girl was already occupying her place and insisted the dad make her move she said excuse me sir can you tell your daughter that's my seat she has a ticket and um and the father just said oh come on can't you just sit in the aisle let my little girl look out the uh look out the window and anyway it says here um she then made a phone call this woman she said uh she called her father <laughs> for some reason and to tell her um it says when the woman finally boarded the plane and arrived at her seat she wasn't happy to find the girl settling in it with the father next to her in the middle of the seat um and she said instead the dad the dad argued with her saying oh she's just a child and this woman was 22 years old and she in instead uh take the aisle seat uh but the passenger what she did was um she called her father to tell her what would ha what happened because apparently her father bought the ticket for her and her father said 
She said then she told uh, her dad about the situation. Her own dad then called her and uh, told her to take the seat back because he had paid for it and it wasn't a free seat. So the woman took her father's advice. She called on her cell phone and she told the little girl to move and the girl started crying. But the girl got out of her seat and she sat in the window seat, the the woman. So uh, people were... uh, you know, tweeting about it and just saying, you know, actually, we're agreeing with her saying, hey, you know what? You paid for that seat. So kick that little girl out. <laughs> so I, I don't understand. Why did the why didn't the father, you know, have seats next to his daughter? I don't know, because the little girl wanted to look out the window. Oh. And so this woman paid for the window seat. Oh, and she I see. Told okay. Little... She could have taken the aisle seat. I see. When, right, right, right. When we made, when my wife and I made Aliyah, we were on a flight, but she, she made it through a different organization than I did because I had already lived in Israel. So even though we're both coming to, you know, I'm coming back and she's coming to Israel for the first time, more or less, they put us in different seats. So I was in the middle of the plane. She was up by the front. We went up to the guy who was, she was sitting next to, and we asked, maybe can we switch? And he said, no, no, I'm comfortable here. So whatever. So I would just get up from my seat and go hang out with my wife every now and then. Hmm. Well, what's disturbing about the story is that she had to call her daddy. Daddy, what do I do? There's a five-year-old girl sitting in my seat. <laughs> I think both of these kids are going to have a lot of daddy issues. <laughs> but I think, uh, you know what? In the real world, life is disappointing. So you know what? You can't just always get what you want. It's a terrible message to send send his little daughter to let her think that just because she's sitting in a seat, and if that's not her seat, she should learn that, okay, you can sit in it until someone else comes and claims it, and then you got to get up. Yeah, so, yeah, they should, anyway. They should have asked nicely, you know. She did. She said, move. No, get the, little out girl, the, way. the little girl get should have asked the way. nicely because she knew it wasn't her seat. Move. Get out the I, way. Get I out have the a, way. I have a story about poop. I don't know if that's allowed. That is not allowed. Well, it's not allowed, but it's about talking about San Francisco. They do have a problem. India also. Again, I'm not trying to badmouth India because I, I have friends who their grandparents live in India. But India has, say, let's say a sub subgroup of the population that maybe, I don't know why, they have the habit of pooping on the beach when they're by the, the, the whatever it is, oceanside or riverside. And I've seen that they have uh, public, what do they call public service uh, announcements or billboards trying to encourage people to use bathrooms and not just poop on the beach. So, (laughs) but these are more or less normal people. They're not homeless people in San Francisco. And unfortunately in many cities in America, people poop anywhere they want and they don't care. So San Francisco now has, there's an app where you can report poop. They have a poop patrol. They have a poop (laughs) patrol that goes around and cleans it up. You know, so like you could say you're, I don't know, you're out, you're taking a walk, you know that you just open the app. It's called Open the Books. That's the app. Um, That's kind of like in, it's kind of like in Waze where when you're driving in Waze, uh, it tells you like where the police are or accidents. So this is an app that tells you where poop is. (laughs) It's just as important. Hey, it is. Especially especially if you're jogging. You've all stepped in that. Yeah, exactly. Hey, we'll move off this topic. Hi, all. Hey, listen, I got a uh, this is a good story that we can kind of top off the show. A light story. Everybody loves Disney, right? You love Disney. Mm, I love what Disney used to do. Okay. 
Well, there's an actress here. They're remaking the movie Snow White. I don't know if you heard about this story, but this actress, I think she's Jewish, Rachel Zegler. That sounds like a pretty Jewish name. Um, it says here, Rachel Zegler criticized for her take on the upcoming live-action Snow White movie. So this is a Hollywood actress who's playing Snow White, and she got all bitter about the movie. And in uh, interviews, uh, she's saying she doesn't even like the original Snow White. She doesn't like the story. She goes, she's not going to be uh, the Snow White to be saved by the prince. And she's not going to be dreaming about true love, she said in an interview. And it says here, so Disney fans are criticizing her because she wasn't a fan of the original Snow White and that the live-action remake that she's starring in will not revolve around a love story. It says here, uh, there's a clip of her going around interviewing, doing press about the movie, saying Snow White, which will be released in March 2024, won't be about the main character's love story. And um, it says here... uh, there's a big focus on her love story. She says this. This is funny. There's a big focus on her love story with a guy who literally stalks her. Weird. That is so weird. So we didn't do that this time. <laughs> so that's what she thinks. Uh, the prince, whoever the prince is in that story, like he's a stalker now. It just fits in right in with uh, 2023. And I don't know what they're going to make this. Uh, she's like, oh, we're going to make this movie about Snow- the new Snow White. is going to be a woman who wants independence and power. And that she can have it all. And she doesn't need love to succeed in life. Oh, God. That would be another Disney bomb. <laughs> oh, speaking of, speaking of the opposite of bombs, my wife and I and, and a friend saw a movie that everybody should see. I'm, you may have already seen it. It's called Sound of Freedom. It's oh. made by um, Angel Studios. It's a story about a man named Jim Ballard who worked for, um, first he was CIA, then he was, uh, what's called the Homeland Security. He, his mission was to rescue a kid. Their two kids had been stolen from their parents and, and kidnapped for uh, ch- human trafficking. He found the boy. He was able to get the boy back with his father. The boy was in South America somewhere. And then he wanted to go find the boy's sister. The, his Homeland Security said they couldn't pay for the, the finding the sister, so he went independent. And it's just, a, and and he he managed to find the sister and rescue her also, along with another 120 kids. It is such a fascinating story. This guy yes. has the cojones of, of titanium. He's just an amazing <laughs> guy. And the, a very interesting thing: when when the government wouldn't pay for the rest of the mission, he contacted a bunch of people who who ponied up the money and found investors to pay for this whole thing. Um, Glenn Beck. Oh, Glenn Beck. Hey, what awesome. about? What about Steve Epstein? Was he one? You mean uh, you mean Island Man? Yeah. <laughs> Did he pony up? <laughs> I, I think he was no longer available. <laughs> he was no longer available. Anyway. Um, <laughs> boy, what a way to end the show on child trafficking. Hi-oh, that's lighting up for you. Um <laughs> But so it's really, um, it's really worth seeing if you can if you can. Yes, find it it's made a lot of money. You. I know that you are right. It's been very very successful. So everyone should go see it. And um, anyway, Yosef, listen. I know you came late to the show because you were finishing up a job, but I want to thank you for for multitasking. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to me chewing my food. Also, that that's fine. The audience will love it. I can't wait to listen back. And uh, of course, let's always thank Tamar Yona for filling in for the first twenty minutes with me. And uh, anyway, 
Um, so I just, is there anything you'd like to say to close out the, the show? Everybody should continue having an awesome week. That's it? That's all you have to say? That's, <laughs> it's, it's an okay thing to say. Okay. Well, I would like to say thank you very much, everybody. Uh, have an incredible week. I hope you enjoyed the show. My mind was a little in other places, uh, but I enjoyed. I had fun. I hope you did, too. Shavua Tov, everybody. I love you, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>